When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Enjoy a weed-free summer at the lake, courtesy of Aquaside. One easy application of Aquaside pellets can eliminate weeds and lake muck. Aquaside has been trusted by hundreds of thousands of lake homeowners since 1960. Neglecting aquatic weeds can hamper recreational activities like swimming and boating. Lake weeds can also provide breeding habitats for insects. Make your lakeshore beautiful this summer with Aquaside. Call 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. And welcome in to what was Conduit to Trouble, but for the National Football League season and Vikings in particular, we are now going to call Purple Access. Does that ring a bell? Zolgad, <laughs> Chip Scoggin, Star Tribune sports columnist and my uh, longtime buddy. You can cover the Vikings, of course, at the Strib. Executive producer Declan Goff. Yes, brought to you by, well, not just my friends, ladies and gentlemen, but Chip's friends too, Surly Brewing. There's nothing bit better than a furious. And also want to give a shout out to our friends from TCL because we uh, bring this to you from the home base of the TCL broadcast studios. Enjoy more of what you love, TCL. All right, Chip Scoggins, are you set to go on our new endeavor, which sounds like our old endeavor years ago of Purple Access? It sounds awfully familiar. Uh-huh. Purple it's like access. a warm blanket. It's like Purple a warm blanket. Purpleaccess.com. <laughs> Purpleaccess.com. All right. Uh, let's start. We are what? September 12th is the opener against the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati. Vikings have their last preseason game uh, tomorrow night. We're recording this on Thursday. It's a Friday night game <clears throat> in Kansas City. I, I, will, I will throw it to you. I will lob you a pitch and ask you this question. As we get closer to the start of the regular season, what intrigues you most about this team, questions-wise, and either good or bad observations that you have? I'll start. I'll have a list of them. How's that? We, we love lists. <laughs> Hell yeah. One, uh, one is the most obvious is the quarterback. And just the tension that has been surrounding him throughout this entire training camp, not only with the – vaccination stuff and the head coach calling him out publicly, not by name, but by inference, we know who he's talking about specifically. And then Everson Griffin come back to the team and, and he had had some unflattering uh, Twitter tweets about him uh, this off season. And now he's back and that's a little awkward, I would say. Um, and then I think we talked about this last week, Judd. Cousins has not looked, particularly sharp in practice at, at times. I, I can't say it. 
I've been to every practice, but in the times I've been there, um, and we obviously didn't do much uh, in in the in the other preseason game, the second one where he got some action, and so I'm curious to see what he looks like, right, with Dalvin, with with everybody there. Um, I would say he's number one. Number two, what is going on with Anthony Barr? Yeah, and and, and is he going to be available? The longer he's out, the, the you know, it, it becomes clear he's he's going to need some time to ramp up and get ready uh, physically um, before they put him out there. So um, I would say his his status for the opener is definitely in jeopardy. And then and then three, I would say um, the offensive line is that is that unit going to be any better than what we've seen? So I, I would say those are the, the but there is a lot of intrigue with this. I mean, you know, the defense you got a lot of new faces, a lot of Guys coming back, are, are they going to be demonstrably better than we saw last year? I think they will, but there's intrigue there. Um, but I, to me, it still comes down to the quarterback and, and what does he look like given everything that's kind of happened in this training camp. Yeah, and it sounds like – so Mike said in his press conference on Wednesday, it sounds like he's going to do starter-wise a lot of what he did on Saturday, which means Cousins will play, the first-team offensive line will play. Uh, Thielen will definitely not play because he got hurt against the Colts. Jefferson, I'm sure, will not play. Dalvin Cook won't won't play. So you you bring up an interesting point, which is the first real quest, the first real opportunity to get our a look at the first team offense is going to be against the Bengals on September 12th. Um, and yeah, Kirk. Now they scrimmaged on Tuesday, I believe, Chip, and they went through a pretty lengthy scrimmage. And I thought Kirk looked fine; like he didn't look great, but he didn't look bad. So I guess I am curious just, yeah, how the, how the relationship, where it's at between the coach and the quarterback, uh, it's never been great. I would, I would say it's as close to being fractured right now as possible. So yeah, there's, there is, I, I think you put it perfectly without trying to pass judgment of like, this team's a mess, or I really think mm-hmm. we're going to be good. I think your word is absolutely the right one. Intrigue, like a lot of unknown. Yeah, and it's you know you go back to the Zimmer Cousins relationships, and I, I don't know that Zimmer's ever going to get chummy with any player. Certainly, maybe not on the offensive side. Uh, I think he has a really good relationship on defensive side with Anthony Barr and Harrison Smith and some of the vets like that. But um, but think about some of the things he said, and think about how uh, dug in it appears that Cousins is on the vaccination front. And the things that Zimmer has said about some of the things these guys read is, is out there. I, I got to imagine the, his comments with some of those players um, has created a problem, you know, with them. Now, does that mean you can't win and can't have a professional relationship? Probably. I mean, it doesn't mean that. I'm not saying that. And, and I don't know how much interaction he would have with Cousins ordinarily the last couple of years. I mean, I guess you have to have some if you're the head coach and quarterback, but because Mike's a defensive guy, it's not like some of the other arrangements we've seen that you see where the head coach is the offensive guy. So I, I don't think it's, they're going to have the same kind of relationship, but, um, but, but that is an element to this. And, you know, if, if he doesn't play well, is, is Mike going to, or if he makes a bad mistake, is Mike going to grumble public publicly in ways that maybe force more forceful than we've seen in the past. So I, that's where I think, uh, and and what Howard Cousins play? I'm not going to excuse if if they play bad, but um, on sat on when he played Chiefs, but you know not having Dalvin in there and and yes. 
your two best receivers. I'm not sure how much you're going to gain. By. I mean, I guess the offensive line needs the the work, but when you don't have your your two top receivers and your and your you know Pro Bowl running back, then it's, how good can you really look? Yeah, and I think if they had looked good in the three series against the Colts, they probably wouldn't play. But but in fairness, too, the Chiefs are going to play their starters according to Andy Reid for the first half. So like this mm-hmm. is all this this is all the new thing of three preseason games is different than the four. And guys used to play a ton in the third one, which it sounds like the Chiefs are still going to treat this as preseason game three, and then you just don't have the fourth one. So. I hesitate to read too much into what Mike is doing here or not doing, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I'm very intrigued to see not necessarily how cousins looks tomorrow night, but I'm very intrigued to see when the lights go on on September 12th and cousins has Jefferson and Thielen and cook. Um, do they pick up and bang, bang, bang? Do they? And here's the other thing that we're, I don't think we're talking about enough. And it's occurred to me throughout the course of these games as the offense just, and I'm talking about the whole thing does not look great. Clint Kubiak's a kid calling plays for the first time, and that's a big deal. And mm-hmm. I know his dad is Gary. Gary is a Gary is a a goat in some ways of offensive coordinators. But you know, Mike Zimmer Chipper is an intimidating presence. Mike has mm-hmm. a lot of philosophical views on how offenses should run uh, that make him intimidating. And I think to just think that Clint's going to pick up the ball and be like, oh, "It's going to be just like Stefanski," I'm you know. I got to see that first. Yeah, and and I would think that it becomes more streamlined and maybe a little more uh, creative as the season goes along, as these guys play more. I mean, I don't think you're going to see everything in, in week one, right? I mean, because it's just no that that comes from playing time and com- you know comfortability and seeing what guys can do and what the, how how much can the offensive line hold up. I mean, they have to have some question marks about that right now. So I think it'll be. I don't say vanilla, but it's going to be a template that we've seen a lot of Dalvin, um, you know, and, and relying heavily on uh, Thielen and, and and Jefferson early on, which is, you know, I, I'm curious to see how much leeway Zimmer gives Kubiak in terms of new wrinkles, putting his own thumbprints on philosophy, Hey, it's second and two. Let's take a deep shot here. No, let's run the ball. Which one? Who's is he going to allow him to? No, do that. Yeah, no. I, I, no I think, my guess is no. I would think early on, though. No. Now, maybe as uh, Zimmer's trust more as the season goes on, maybe that changes. But I think early on, you're going to see them not deviate too much from uh, what we've seen in the past. Yes, and and you also have to. You're also going to have to be careful early on in the past game, at least a little bit with this offensive line and can, can Rashad Hill hold up for X amount of games. And by the way, it's going to be multiple games. Like this whole thing of Christian Derrissaw is coming right back. No, he's not. He's on, he's on the side. He's a rookie. He has not practiced at all. He is not playing in week two. I would be absolutely shocked. So, you know, if you're going to call pass plays and I'm talking about deep nine route type plays to Justin Jefferson, Kirk has to have the, protection because if he doesn't we've seen that story before and it's uh, you know a hit from behind and unfortunately oftentimes a fumble yeah and that's i, I think that's part of this whole and, and obviously they're evaluating during training camp and every day in practice but it, it's not the same as seeing how these guys are going to perform in the game it's just not 
And so I think there is, you know, for the coaches, it's going to be a little bit of a learning about their players and personnel in these games. Okay, what really can Rashad Hill do as the every, as the left tackle? And what can Odu do as our guard? And, you know, so, and so on and so forth. So, yeah, I think they have to get a better understanding of what those, what that line is to figure out, okay, what can you do schematically and, and, and that type of thing. On Kirk Cousins, are you buying um, his answer? I think it was to our old or my old colleague, your current colleague, Mark Craig's question about what Everson Griffin tweeted about him and, and then deleted back in January. And Mark asked him about, hey, you know, how's that going now? Griffin had told us a couple days ago that he was going to apologize. Uh, Kirk claimed that he did apologize in January. And I don't know. He did apologize on a tweet. I don't know if they talked personally at the time. But what's your interpretation of that? And what's your interpretation of the fact that they did sign a guy who, by the way, could help on third downs, mm-hmm. but was very harsh. And and I also think made some good points about the fact that Mike didn't want Kirk on Twitter and made those things public. Well, I think it just shows that they don't care what Kirk Gunson thinks. It's just going to hurt his feelings. You know, I mean, there might be some how, – how many quarterbacks in that same situation in the NFL with the team say, we're not doing that because we're not going to upset Patrick Mahomes or whoever. And I'm not saying Kirk Cousins, Patrick Mahomes, but but it just speaks to me that right. they don't they don't care if it hurts the feelings or makes it awkward or whatever. Um, and did they apologize? You know, I'll take it for the word and say they did. Does it mean they're going to have dinner together on the road? Probably not. I mean, it's human nature. If, if somebody said that about me, I, you know, I might accept their apology and say, okay, we'll, we'll be professional about it, but it doesn't mean we're going to be best friends. And so, um, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't know that it's going to cause any kind of huge locker room thing. I, I don't think it's going to be that, but listen, those players in the locker room know what was tweeted. Well, <laughs> you know, absolutely. I, I would think they, they understand what, the dynamics there. So, um, but is it, is, you know, I don't know that it's going to affect the way uh, anything like any locker room. I think it's going to divide the locker room. Or anything like that, so no, in fact, I, I think guys like Ev a lot. I, I actually think yeah, oh, yeah. part of the incentive to bring him back is defensively. I think those guys, if not loved him, really liked him. I mean, he's a character and he's an odd guy. But you know he's always going, he's always talking, and and I think he bring I think he brings an element that defensively is probably valuable. Yeah, and I mean obviously he's high motor and all that, and I, and I don't know, I didn't watch him enough enough last year to know, you know, is he truly just a situational guy or can he be more than that? I still think it's an indictment on the other on Weatherly and Wanham that they don't trust him as a third down pass rusher. Mm-hmm. You have two guys there. And, and so, um, well, I mean, is this, is this something that, okay, you bring him in and say he's going to be a situational and by week four, he's your starter type thing. Or is this really going to be, okay, you're just going to be a third down guy. I think that remains to be seen, but I don't think it's, it's, you know, I don't think it's saying, uh, a whole lot about the, the guys that you have there that you had to bring in a guy as a situational pass rusher. Right. So yeah, in, in the scrimmage on Tuesday, it, 
because it was ones against ones, twos against twos, threes against threes. Uh, it was very clear that, at least for now, Wanham has won the job because it mm-hmm. was purple jerseys against white jerseys, and and Wanham was with the first team, and Weatherly was with the second team. And so I think it's weather. I think now it's going to be, uh, or I'm, I'm sorry, Wanham starts. Um, Griffin's going to be your third down specialist, and Weatherly's going to be a rotational guy. Which, by the way, is fine. I think that's what he he is. I think this whole notion when Carolina signed him and started him and it didn't go well. I don't think he's a starter. I think what he mm-hmm. is is a rotational guy who can come in and contribute. Uh, and we'll make the roster, but if you put, hey, you know, we think that you can graduate to starting at right end on his plate, I think that's probably asking a bit much. Yeah, I mean, he's not going to be a surprise cut, you don't think, right? No, no. I thought that for a little while, but I don't think he will be, no. Yeah, so, but, yeah, I mean, just physically, you look at him, he doesn't have the stature, you know, some of those guys, and so that's probably the right role for him as a situational guy, too. Um so I'm curious to see how much they use Everson as this thing goes along and and figure out, like, how much does he have left? Is he, you know, is 20 plays better for him than 35? You know what I'm saying? Do you get more out of that than than, uh, than what you'd see if he if he played a lot more? So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, I mean, you look, Judd, that defensive line, mm-hmm. it has potential to be pretty darn good. I think they're going to be good in the middle um, with Pierce and Tomlinson. And obviously Hunter, it sounds like he just had a a monster camp. Anytime they go live team periods, he's <laughs> getting a sack or two. So um, all, all the fears and how much do we talk about this, this off season about, well, we don't know where he's going to be at and there's no guarantees. He's going to come back. It looks like that's even not even a story anymore. Um, no, he's looked fantastic. He's that. Yeah. I think the most positive, if if you were to take, let's say, two or three incredible positive things from this camp, I would say the fact that Daniil Hunter looks back to being himself. I mean, he is in, not surprisingly, in great shape. But as far yeah. as as far as what he's done, there has been nothing where I've said, "Oh boy, that's a that's a big step down." He looks great, um, and that is fantastic news because if that's your starting point, that yeah. that makes your defensive line damn good to start with and now you, you've got you know pierce and tomlinson and richardson uh there's i think when you look at that defensive line now going into to the season there is a lot to really like about it oh sure i mean i mean it was so decimated last year that it was i know it just drove zimmer crazy but now you look at it and you have pass rush and you get the type of interior lineman that he wants, those big run stuffers, so we're not just teams aren't just gashing them with the run. Um, I'm sure he probably would have wanted a little more reliability or somebody he has a little more experience on that other side as a pass rusher, maybe a little more pedigree so they didn't have to go out and sign Everson as a situational guy. But, yeah, I mean, you look at their defense line, it's, it's pretty darn solid, and, and that should help the linebackers. I mean, I think it yep. sets – Kendrick's up to have another Pro Bowl or All Pro type year, and but this bar situation, Judd, man, um, just the lack of information and just lack of clarity on what it is, severity. I mean, 
I think Zimmer hasn't really touched it more than he's got something going on, right? Is the way he couched it or something? Well, he did say after the game against the Colts on Saturday, he did acknowledge that he is now concerned because of the time missed. I mean, he hasn't practiced since August 5th, so he ain't playing on September 12th unless he gets back almost right now. Quickly. Yeah. And and uh, he did also confirm that, that this has nothing to do with the torn pec, which I thought might be the problem because torn pecs are hard to come back from. So he acknowledged it's not that. I, I've heard it's soft tissue and it might be a hamstring, but whatever yeah. it is, it's been a real concern. Well, and that's the thing. It's like when he comes out, because he typically has come out later in practice after they've done hour or so at, at, from getting his treatment, and there's not like an obvious wrap or you know anything on his body we're like okay it's his knee or right. it's his shoulder exactly. so it's, there's none of that so it's hard to know but which, which you know supports your theory about being a hamstring or soft tissue or something like that um but yeah you're right i mean what is his conditioning level at this point i mean you don't just get cleared and come out and start playing i mean you got to ramp up and have practices and yep and I, we have no idea like what his conditioning level is well, and it's the same thing darisol that's like just because people say, oh, he's going to be good to go for week week one because it was a minor surgery. Well, no, it doesn't work like that. I mean, he's basically just walking laps around the practice. I mean, that's not game shape, you know, so it's going to take a while to get up to there. Yeah, and on, on bar too, there's a few things that work here. Keep in mind, he hasn't played in the game since week two of 2020. So it's not yeah. like he played, you know, 15 games last year and now he, he's out. He has been... He has been basically off a football field now for going on a year. That's a concern. The other thing, too, and final cuts are going to be next Tuesday at 3 p.m., and they're going to go from 80 to 53. This is always the case, but I think it's really going, going to be the case now, Chip. I think the roster that we see, you know, at next Tuesday at, let's say, 5 p.m., ain't even going to be close. I think this team's going to be looking at backup linebackers, backup safeties, backup O-line. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they're going to make a trade for or try and go onto the waiver wire for this, but I also think that they are that from what they've seen from two games, they have to get a backup QB. It can't be Browning, and Mond is going to make the roster as the three. Yeah, but Kellen Mond can't get near a football field right now. Yeah, I mean, I I think that's you know if if they don't do that, and I know Cousins has been incredibly durable in his career and hasn't missed games. I mean, you cannot count on listen teams don't count on good health at any position so you're going to say well because our quarterback hasn't been hurt we're just going to bank you can't do that and i don't you know you're right they're gonna to have to carry three quarterbacks this time because uh you know mon's gonna be your three but you you can't put him in a position to be your number two no and they, I mean, they know that they have and they saw that. that and they saw that you know zimmer talked about it after the game is like hey the protection is pretty good we had quarterbacks that were just nervous in the pocket well right Season game where you're not getting blitz, they're not scheming for you. So what are you? I mean, you can't, you cannot leave your offense that vulnerable to have one of those guys. And I, you know, lesson. I mean, example number eight million of don't get carried away with a quarterback in seven on seven the first two weeks of camp. I mean, we saw that you know Browning with the scrimmage that Saturday night. Oh, you know, he's he looks great. It's like he looks like he doesn't even. Looks like he has a yips right now when he's yep. throwing the ball. You yep. know, so I, no, they're going to have to, and I don't know who it is. I don't know who's going to get cut. I don't even know who's on the street, whatever. But um, I'm sure they're exploring that because, I mean, you can't go into the in into the season with with one of these two guys as your backup. No, and I think that so if that 
was not driven home by by the two preseason games. And by the way, Mon made some nice athletic plays in both of those games. But the key is, as far as like quarterback plays go, not close. Uh, if that was not driven home by those two games, the scrimmage on Tuesday, Chip, he was he looked completely lost. He was he had a tip ball uh, that was picked off by Chaz Surratt. He had a ball where he basically carried it too low, and Armin mm-hmm. Watts swatted it out of his hand, picked it up, and scored a touchdown. He, he had another ball that was almost picked off. I, I think it was tipped as well by Surratt. And then the third one, or the fourth drive, he might have let, let him do a field goal attempt at least. But my point is, like, that to me drove home. If you're going against a defense that's sort of prepared, uh, yeah. you're, you can't – you. He has to make the roster. He can't be cut, but he also can't play. Yeah. And and that's where I think you go out and offer a team. I mean, find a backup QB who's who's okay. Find a yeah. backup QB, send a seventh-round pick, a sixth-round pick. Don't even chance the guy being claimed off the wire. And just sure. release Browning and take care of that because between the cousins, I know you're right. He's not been hurt, but there's always a first time. And the second exactly. thing is, and the second thing is being told on a Sunday morning, Kirk Cousins can't play. He is in quarantine. You know? Yeah. Okay. Or or, or Friday or Friday or Saturday. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you need to do. Yeah. I mean, that's why you need a veteran. And I agree, you know, trade a pick or whatever, late pick, try to get some guy. Um and the thing about you're saying about Mond is like, I'm guessing he wasn't going against the starting defense then either. I mean, you're going against no. a bunch of back- No. Against <laughs> 13 guys. That was the second team. Turn. Yeah, so it's not like you're facing uh, – he wasn't going against Daniel Hunter and Eric Kendricks in that drill either. So, um, so no, I think they have to do that. And you're right. I We always say the final 53. Here's the final 53 at the cuts. Yeah, it's not the final 53. And we try to write about it and, like, here's a breakdown of the 53. Of <laughs> four guys is. you'll never hear from again. They'll be in witness protection by the time uh, tomorrow rolls around. You know, and it's funny. In, in Childress, he's always saying that. He's like – you know, you guys think this is the final roster. It's not. This this is going to change. And I think this this year more than any is going to drive it home. And I also wonder, Judd, are you completely comfortable about where they're at at cornerback? Cornerback. Corn, yeah. Um, completely comfortable? I guess I have to see how Patrick Peterson fares when the season starts. Uh, Breland, actually, to me, he looked good. Wolf looked yeah. really good. Dantzler... You, you know, I've come around, so I have to admit, and he's a third-round pick, so I don't think he gets cut, but I've come around to what you were saying after the Denver game about the possibility of him not making the roster based on this. They are really unhappy with him. Yeah, I, it's I thought not that just that uh, he sort of struggled. I mean, Adam Zimmer, who is a shrinking violet, <laughs> you know, I mean, he ain't going to yeah. say anything that his dad doesn't want out there. Uh, said that, you know, he has to work harder. He has to work on technique. And, oh, by the way, he has to work on special teams. Well, the Camp Panthers of the world make the team based partially or largely on special teams. That's a a hat trick of indictment. Yeah, and, you know, just watching in the practice that I've been out there and in that game, I I said to you guys, like, are we sure this guy makes the team? And I I think he will just because they, you know, one, they don't want to give up on – high draft picks like that. I, I will say this. I think if Jeff Gladney was still here, he would he would get cut. Mm-hmm. Would have a bigger chance. But the fact that Gladney's, you know, you had to get rid of him too. Are you going to get rid of Dancer as well? So I think that probably works in his favor. But yeah, he's at best your fifth guy, right? So it goes 
Peterson, Breland, Mackenzie Alexander, Chris Boyd, then him, then Dantzler, yep. that best. He's your fifth best. So, oh yeah, he's yeah. Now, if we're arguing about your your number five cornerback, you can say, well, they're they're okay there, but it's a third round know, pick. Yeah, but yeah, he's a third round pick, and hey, all it takes is an injury to one of those guys, and now you're relying on Chris Boyd. And I know he's had a good camp, and they feel good about where he's going, but. At, you know, we, we make fun of Zimmer saying just one more. It's not the way these offenses are. It's not, you know, it's not silly to to worry about, to always be worried about, do you have enough cornerbacks? If Patrick Peterson doesn't rebound and, and play significantly better than he did for the Cardinals last season, it's going to be a big problem. If he does, yeah. they should be fine. But yeah, that that's the one. And, you know, he is not going to play in a preseason game. Um I saw KJ Osborne make a really nice catch against him on a deep ball from Kirk this week, but it was the type of play that he probably should break up. So yeah, there, there's a, I think there's a definite question mark there of, of is this guy going to rebound and give them what Terrence Newman did, which was really good play for a few years, or is he just old? And we, we aren't going to know that yeah. until they play games. Yeah. I, I will say this, just watching the, the few practices out there, I wouldn't say I, you looked at him it's like, he looks old. Like he can't run anymore. I, nope. I wouldn't say that at all. Now, are you gonna sit there and say that's Patrick Peterson, Hall of Famer? You know that type of thing. I don't think anybody's gonna say that. But so, but what is he? You know. But I, I don't. He looks. Just watch him in drills. He still looks pretty good, right? He yep. looks like he's your number one guy for sure. Um, but is he gonna be that lockdown? I'm taking the best wide receiver you have type cornerback. Um, no, no, I don't think he's there much. Anyways, he, he yeah. trusted Xavier Rhodes. A little bit to do that, right? Right. Um, but is is Peterson going to fill that role? No, no, no. I think they're going to play sides. And in, in fact, the thing about this is, if Breland and it was very short, and it was a preseason game, but Breland's an aggressive player, and sure, the one problem is Breland and Peterson draw flags. Uh, they're going to draw <laughs> flags. So, yeah. so, and Mike's going to get frustrated, but. If Breland plays like I've seen him play, I actually think that they will they will never have a guy follow a receiver around because I think both guys will probably be seen as <clears throat> as equals and maybe privately at this point in his career, Breland might be seen as the slightly better corner than Peterson. Now I'm not talking about career. Yeah, I'm talking yeah, about right now. But just where they're yeah. And and here's the other thing. You know what will help those guys look even better? Daniel Hunter. Oh God, yeah. Well, and 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 like you said, that's going to help Kendricks. Now I am yeah. worried if Barr can't play. Um, you know, Lynch, Conley, these are guys, and and they're special teams yeah. guys. They're depth guys. Um, you know, they 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 signed. Uh, I believe he played for the Chargers last year. Nick Vigil, who's going to play? Yeah, the old. He's their he's their third, right? Yeah, he's Eric Wilson's spot. Yeah, he's will. Yeah, um, but I mean, no matter what we say about Barr, you know, a disappointment. He should do more. Anthony Barr knows the defense and brings. Uh, he brings a solid style of play that you just can't plug in Ryan Conley and be like, "Okay, kid, show us what you got." And there's a reason why he's so he's viewed as so important internally. Maybe we don't get it on the outside because you think yep. he hasn't lived to what we thought he's going to be. But there's a reason why people speak so highly of him when when you talk to either coaches or defensive players about what he brings to that defense. So, um, yeah, I mean, it would be a significant loss to not, you know, I'm not saying it's, you know, hopefully it's not anything that half a season or whatever, right. but 
Right. He's absent so so long here. It is concerning. Got one more thing for you, Chip Scoggins. But before I do, I want to take this time to talk about our favorite IPA and Minnesota's favorite. That's right, Surly. The season is coming up in Chipper. I got a feeling on Friday nights before Chip Scoggins covers a Gopher football game, or heck, on Saturday nights before you cover a Vikings <laughs> game, I think there might be some Surly Furiouses in play. And if they're not at your house, they will be at mine. Pick up yours. Uh, in fact, you know what? You got a preseason game tomorrow night. Go pick up some Surly Furious at the local liquor store because you do enough settling in life. Crack open a Surly Furious and enjoy the IPA that revolutionized Minnesota craft beer. Don't settle. Get Surly. Me and my co-hosts <laughs> certainly do, and we enjoy it. Um, last thing for you, sir. First-round quarterbacks, how do you rank them? Uh, this has been an extremely interesting preseason, and it partially the Twins stinking has caused me to watch a ton of games. Uh, but when it comes to Trevor Lawrence, uh, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, who, by the way, much better than I expected, <clears throat> how do you stack them up as far as guys that, that are potential starters? Now, I know Lawrence was announced as the, the starter, yeah. which is no surprise. But, yeah. you know, Justin Fields, been impressive. Yeah. Mac Jones, been impressive. Uh, first off, on Mac Jones, I liked him a lot. In college, right. people, well, anybody could be good. You get that Alabama talent. And, you know, I, I guess I understand that a little bit. But watch the guy play. Look at his accuracy. You still have to put the ball in the money. And, and yes, he's surrounded by a bunch of NFL players, linemen, wide receivers. So that's it's going to make him look good. But I think that I think that was a discredit to him and disservice that people just assume he is. It was because of who he played with. I, I really liked him. I thought he was a um, accuracy smart, just all that stuff. I mean, I still go with Trevor Lawrence. I mean, yes, who are you surrounded by? But right. just physically and everything he does, I mean, you said that. From his freshman year, you knew he was going to be the number one overall pick. He's going to start from day one. So um, to me, the most intriguing is still Fields, right? I mean, you're in a market, uh, a massive market that's been quarterback-deprived for generations. Um a team moved up to get you and you know, you, you put on a show in your first preseason game. So I, to me, I'm, I'm most curious to see him. Um, and, and Trey Lance too, small college didn't face, you know, the high level competition. Um, I haven't seen what he's done or paid close attention to what, how he's played in the, in the preseason games, but sporadic. physically, sporadic. yeah, I mean, is what you would think. Um, yep. physically, um, I mean, yeah, physically he has all that you'd want, but, you know, the one knock is, okay, he, he played uh, a level down in competition, so how how much of a learning curve or gap does he have to close? Um, but I, I still, I mean, I, to me, Fields is the most intriguing one. I think Lawrence, if you're going to tell me who's going to have the best career, I'd still say Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Zach Wilson, uh, I watched a bunch of the first half against the Packers on Saturday. It looked really good, too. Yeah. Um, he is he is more prepared to play in the NFL than I thought. And and Mac Jones yeah. is, too. You know what Mac Jones has? He's got the old GPS tracker in the back of his head. He, <laughs> he, he moves. He shuffles. Like, that's the one thing Kirk can't do. He shuffles. He feels pressure. He's not. It's not like he's a great athlete. But, you know, if you can just move a little bit to sidestep that pressure, it buys you a ton of time. Well, I will say this too: is like every year, Bama has like what four NFL guys on their 
on their defense. And so, I mean, you, you go against their defense every day in practice, you're getting pretty good competition. I'm not saying it's NFL competition, but um, that's where I think there is value in that. You know, even if you, even if you have knocks on a guy's athleticism or speed or whatever, the fact that he was in that program started produced at an incredibly high level. Um, I think he's prepared, right. To come through that program and, and have to compete the way you do it at Alabama with, you know, every, what they have 10 draft picks this year. (laughs) That's ridiculous. But yeah, you're right. too. Probably helps them a lot. But yeah. How many of these guys are going to start, uh, the opener, just Lawrence. Um, I think Zach Wilson does. Zach, uh, Mac Jones is, what are they going to do there? I think Mac Jones will start. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, Cam, I think, you know, Cam had the five day quarantine. Um, that probably annoyed. Think, I, yeah. So yeah. I think Mac Jones will start. Yeah. I think, I think Lawrence, or I know that Trevor Lawrence will start. Zach Wilson will start. Fields won't start, but he will eventually. Yeah. Um, and then Trey Lance, Trey Lance so, will have a pack there. I think they're going to trade uh, some Hill, Trey, Trey Lance to start with. Garoppolo yeah, will start. Not, Trey Lance will come in. Not not a bad plan. I mean, if you feel like you have no five good plays that are change of pace or whatever, I would do it just to you know get them on the field. Purple access. You can go home again, Chip Scoggins. <laughs> you can go it, home again. I love this homecoming. It feels right, doesn't it? it feels yeah. right. Especially because it's sponsored by our friends at the <laughs> Brewing. And TCL, thank you as well. I'll talk to you next week, Chip. Thanks. All right, brother. We'll see you.